Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to episode 378 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Gray, how are you doing? Hello, Dave. I'm good, thank you. Excellent. So it's been a little while since you've been on. What have you been up to? So I am currently on my little bit of an Easter break. Um, yes. And over the last few days, while not eating lots of eggs, well, obviously we've all been eating lots of eggs, um, I decided to have some real binges and finishes and start some new programs to try and be as up to date as possible. So just in the matter of the last few days, I've managed to finish You Part 2, uh, mm-hmm. which is, was the one based in the UK, Beyond Paradise, Grace, Mythic Quest, the bear but more importantly the one i think i want to talk about is the last of us which (laughs) was a a persuasion on your behalf beginning of the year to give it a go i finished at the beginning of my holidays and oh it was just absolutely stunning again the the characterization the acting from both actors in particular which was just incredible and i just wanted to get some clarification because obviously i'm not into the gaming world is it true that the part two has been split across two seasons Yes, at least two seasons. At That's least two. Because the game itself is about twice the size. Yeah. I haven't actually played the second game. Matt obviously has repeatedly mm. played the second game. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the second game is a lot longer and they don't want to try and pack that all into one season, which I entirely understand. Mm. And they've got a hit on their hands, so why would you? Mm. Uh, and there are only those two games at the moment. And I think they're reluctant to do anything out side of the source material so I if you want yeah i think that's safe isn't it yeah if you want more seasons of the tv show then spreading it out a bit more over a few more seasons based on the second game i think probably makes quite a lot of sense because it means you get at least three seasons out of it so yeah as long as it's quality and isn't like you know the sixth season of lost which <laughs> yeah no the, <laughs> goes down in legend <laughs> yeah exactly they aren't spreading it out for the sake of spreading it out there is genuinely a lot more stuff to get through in the second game so it makes sense to not try and cram that all into one season because you'll end up rushing it and skipping major parts I think so Uh, but yeah I really enjoyed watching that and actually I've been making it a real aim to finish some of the things that have been on my TV list because I I like to concentrate on really good quality stuff and sometimes when you're so busy in term it's not always a good idea to sit down and try and watch you know things like Mythic Quest even though they're short 30 minutes episodes there's a lot of content going on and it's quite clever and you want to engage in it and the bear's the same the (laughs) bear's quite rich and deep it's not like something you can do while you're doing a bit of marking or making dinner or something like that so i really wanted to give time to these programs and i'm really glad i did that the bear in particular i didn't i didn't think i was going to like it from the first episode but it really developed into a really heartwarming story um and it's got a lot of chicago elements in it as well so it brings along the chicago life and then i like watching great so that's on ITVX because that's based in Brighton, which is 20 minutes down the road for me. <laughs> right. So when you're watching it, I'm like, oh my God, I walked down there yesterday. <laughs> oh, there's, there's someone running. I wonder if I know oh, them. Good, that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I just love doing things like that. So it's been really nice to catch up on all this TV, but also good chance to start some of the new things 
and the new really contemporary things. I know I've got lots on my to watch list, but things that are popping up now. Um, so I started this week. I've watched one episode of The Big Door Prize. Yes. Which is on Apple TV. I'm a little bit skeptical at the moment. I see it's more like a possibly an anthology episode series. So same characters, but different character gets their focus. Yes. So I, I watch in anticipation for episode two. I started watching Beef. Lots and lots of social media on this. Yes. Um, which is on Netflix about road race. I've watched episode one. I love both of the lead actors, Stephen Yun and Ali Wong. And I'm like, oh, I want to carry on watching that. So that and Blue Lights heard lots of great things this is bbc crime drama based in belfast watched one episode of that and then last night just before i went to bed i watched one episode of rain dogs which is the new daisy may cooper i'm gonna say black comedy but it's actually quite it feels like a bit of a, a social commentary drama element it's quite it's quite dark if we're gonna say yeah comedy but no i'm loving all these new things that are coming up and just sort of getting straight into them so have you watched any of those are they on your to watch list beef i do want to take a look at because i really like steven young and that is one that is kind of interesting i what's intriguing about a lot of this i mean yeah there is sort of things like blue lights which is maybe a bit more cop drama procedurally sort of thing but Mm. you've got some really interesting different shows popping up at the moment most of them coming from the streaming services more than anywhere else but i think big door prize it's a novel adaptation i have watched the first couple of episodes of that you are right it's not exactly anthology but it is that sort of thing of it focuses very much on you know it's set in this town the the whole idea is that this machine appears that's supposed to tell you what your true life potential is and it appears in the local shop and the town gets very obsessed by it if you sort of you stick a couple of dollars in and it tells you what you potentially could be in life the initial character that you're following is played by chris o'dowd and you're sort of based around that family but the second episode then is more around his wife and what her prediction was and then i think the next one is one of the school children because chris o'dowd plays a school teacher in this so it's one of the children in his class and then there's sort of the daughter i think there's four episodes up there's a new one going out on friday Mm -hmm. um so yes it is not anthology as such but it it does switch the focus to a particular character with each one i rather like how they do that because you kind of get a hint each episode of which character is likely to be the one that you're following for the next episode but um i really liked it i thought it was interesting it's quite gentle in the way it sort of approaches it it's kind of quite a nice gentle sort of humor to it but chris o'dowd is incredibly watchable i think uh (laughs) and uh I, yeah, I really enjoyed the first episode of that. The first couple of episodes, actually, I thought were really good. Let's say, I think there's four up at the moment. Yeah, I'll be going back to watching that before my holidays are over at the end of this week. And the final thing I watched, I know I was seeing it the day after I was last on. I went to see Shazam! Fury of the Gods in the cinema. Yes. Um, and I really like what they're doing. There was some funny elements at the beginning where they tried to play about with the idea of a cameo. And you were like, oh, come on, either make that cameo clear stop playing with us and it was quite funny how they managed it in the end and how they dealt with it you generally thought you were going to see a character from the big dc world appear and the way they did it was very unexpected and actually worked (laughs) for it 
Helen Mirren, fantastic. Lucy Liu, fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm going to say it, you know, DC are getting a bit of a bad hit from the pre-Gun and Zavron, but yeah. I think this was a really good film that followed up the second, but the actors had grown up so much. You had to remind yourself which one was which, because I think when they did the first movie, I want to say they're about 12 or 13. Now they're all like 15 and 16, so a lot yeah. of them have grown into young adults, and you're like, which character was that again? And you, <laughs> you have to, at the end, you're going to IMDb to remind yourself of what they looked like in the first movie, but I can only hope that they keep that his character alive and keep it going. I'm not sure how it did. I, I try, I'm trying to avoid the the absolute negative reviews that go on yeah. there at the moment because, you know, I just see it from my own eyes and appreciate what is there. But yeah, I'd hope to see Shazam as a third movie one day or if not be able to be used in a suitable way yeah. by Gunn and Savron. It's really tricky because the film from a box office point of view really hasn't done well. And it's a real shame because I think a lot of it is just backlash and it seems sort of unnecessary. Shazam is always slightly tricky to do in that you do have that problem of it's supposed to be a school age, you know, 12 year old boy that gets turned into this giant superhero. But making a movie of that is always going to be tricky because there are a couple of years in between the films and <laughs> the the kid that is playing the young boy is going to age, which of course he doesn't in the comic books. So that I think is always going to be slightly a problem when it comes to making Shazam, because you're going to end up with like a 20 year old turning into a sort of 30 year old, which doesn't <laughs> really work so i don't know how you get around that unfortunately but i love zach levy as well he's you know seen him at conventions and stuff he's a genuinely wonderful human being from the bits and pieces i've i've certainly seen of him he seems like a really nice guy and uh, i hope that they keep the character of shazam around or you know figure out some way of of making that work when they mm. move forward what was beef like by the way because oh beef well it's okay it's it's not i don't know what i was expecting Mm. Um, there's a lot going on in both of their personal lives that clearly is the instigation to their first bit of road rage between each other. Right. And that's where I've got to, because that's the first series. And what I feel seems to be is that we unfold in their stories a little bit more. And so that's where I think it will go. It's got incredible ratings at the moment. Metascore and Rotten Tomatoes are giving it high ratings. So I'm I'm very excited about what's coming. But it, yeah, it's feels very psychological it's not not all about road rage it's just about how people get affected by little things because of the other things going on in their lives right yeah yeah what is it tonally is it a sort of dark comedy or is it uh I think it tries to be. It feels like gentle American drama. There are some really... i I tell you what, it's in the sort of same theme as like... Do you remember Girls that was on HBO? It's got that sort of theme where they've got some odd, weird things going on, but you don't know if you should laugh out loud. Or maybe more like Barry. I think maybe it's more like Barry, the tone of it. So it's not boom, boom, here's a laugh, here's a laugh. There yeah. are dark, humorous bits. You would sit there and go, that's quite funny, but you wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't be laughing out loud. Yeah, okay. Because I, I, it's one of those shows that, again, with Netflix, they don't necessarily overly promote things. And no. you you kind of look at it and go, well, you know, it's Ali Wong, it's Stephen Young from Walking Dead. So I like the cast, but it's a thing about road rage. And you're like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's very <laughs> difficult to judge what it is from that. So, I mean, maybe that's intentional, you know, don't give away 
too much beforehand. But yes, you can kind of underdo it as well as overdo it, I think, sometimes. Yeah. I do want to go and check that one out. But to, yes, Big big Door Prize, I have been and looked at. And that was really good. Shazam, I still haven't seen. I'm waiting for the home release for that because, you know, I don't get out to the cinema enough. <laughs> well, I, I have not been going very much at all. I know that obviously Cineworld are in a bit of trouble anyway, but there's just so much great TV on at the moment. Exactly. I am, I'm just watching that. And like there are a few films I'm like, oh, I really want to see. But the turnaround is so quick. And I've always been a supporter of cinema, but I just know in a matter of months and because time goes so quickly when you're in school terms and things like that, it would be soon enough and it would be on the TV so I'd be able to I'd get access to it. So, yeah, yeah it's a little bit of a, a frustration that I haven't been to see. I would have liked to seen Avatar, The Way of the Water. By now, I think Dungeons and Dragons is out. I would really, really like to go and see that. But again, it's just, yes. you know, maybe I should do it next week. I've got the week to myself. So, yeah, I could, could go and do it next week. But, yeah. What have you been seeing and watching as well, Dave? Well, one of the things that I have been doing this weekend was there was uh, Insomnia Gaming Festival, which is in Birmingham. And um, it's a big gaming festival. And I went over there to uh, you know check out some games there'll be a post that will be going up on the website sort of covering some of the indie games and other bits and pieces I saw there but one of the things they actually started to do and they are actually going to do a bit more of because it seemed to go down well they've said they're going to do more of it is uh, they had some voice actors from video games there which is not something they've really done in the past but it seemed to work really really well they was a panel that they did hosted by the lovely Weekler, who you know we've talked to on the podcast before as well they had a panel with neil newborn who is in deliver us mars and resident evil nick postalize i think his name is um from resident evil life is strange stephanie panticello from resident evil nicole tonkins from deliver us mars and resident evil a lot of resident evil people there and maggie robinson from resident evil village as well claire hosted a panel for that so that video is now up on the website i apologize for the sound quality in that video because for some reason i don't quite get they decided that it was a brilliant idea to put one of the stages right next to an immersive zombie shooting range okay (laughs) um so every so often you kind of get this click click bang bang zombie kind of noises and guns going off and you're like really why did you think this was a good idea to put this next to a stage of all places particularly uh didn't help when bex tristabites were was there doing a panel on Saturday and they did a panel about charity streaming and of course they're talking to people like the Samaritans about suicide prevention and stuff and halfway through the panels you're getting these gunfires going off it's like oh. this really isn't yeah they could have thought this through a bit better you know but Anyway, it was a fun weekend overall, though. Uh, some great indie games and stuff there. Insomnia is really lovely. It's a really well-organized event. They have this big LAN party thing as well, where you can bring your own computer and like stay there for four days, just game with your friends on a big sort of LAN party thing as well. So there's all that going on. But uh, yeah, there will be more about that going up on the website. But that's Insomnia. That was really good. Big Door Prize, as I mentioned, was one of the shows that I've been watching. Late Night Lysit, have you caught this on Channel 4? Yes. We, when I watched the first episode, have you watched both now? Yes. When I watched the first episode, I was like, oh, that's so shocking about Catherine Ryan. Oh my God, I can't believe they did that. She's been really quiet on social media. And as we were watching the second one, I was like, I just fell for the gag. I absolutely fell for the gag. Yeah, you see, I was looking at that thinking, they've set that up. There is just no way. They've definitely set that up. But 
But yeah, they're having quite a lot of fun with Catherine Ryan on that show. I, I wonder if she's going to be in every single episode. Uh, doing that. I wonder if they've done a batch filming that day because yes. it was quite clever with their editing. She didn't appear in the same shot no. as like the guest stars. And I was like, oh, they're very clever. It caught me out. <laughs> yeah, I, I did think that was very clever. But um, late night talk show, it's got a kind of anarchic feel to it in the sort of TFI Friday sort of vibe to it. It's really going to live or die on whether you like Joe Lysa or not, I think. But I do find Joe very, very funny. So I think it's it's a really nice little take on that sort of anarchic chat show thing. And it comes from Birmingham, which, you know, is nice because I know the area quite well. So I rather like that. I like the fact that they're doing it from a slightly different place. The thing about winning Joe's own car, I think, is quite a sort of... It's almost got the word feeling to it if you yeah. remember that show no, well, because I said, I said to my partner I said oh it's around the style of TFI Friday don't forget your toothbrush type thing yeah. and I, I'm clearly much older and like, I don't know don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like okay the sort of big prize thing that they do at the end which is a prize to win Joe Lysett's actual car they have the, the person gets picked by revealing some terrible story of something that's happened to the horribly embarrassing story story that's happened to them basically that's reminiscent of sort of some of the things that they used to do on the word i think but it's not quite to that extent but that sort of anarchy kind of vibe to it i think works really quite well and mm. um it's fun it's silly I'd, I'd be quite enjoying that on channel four i got to the end of the first season of star trek prodigy as well which is an animated show uh, it's technically it's a nickelodeon show so it is aimed at a sort of quite young audience but it's one of those shows that starts off aiming quite young and then grows and when you get sort of about halfway through the first season it start to introduce additional elements because you're following this group of kids who have ended up on this Starfleet ship, technically have stolen it because they're trying to escape a planet, but it was sort of abandoned on this planet at the time. So, you know, fair enough. They're being guided by a holographic version of Janeway, who is on the ship. But when you get halfway through the season, they introduce the Vice Admiral Janeway in there as well. And that takes it in a dramatically different direction. And the writing's really good on it. If you like Star Trek, it's definitely one to go and check out. I really rather enjoyed that. And uh, first season ends up well. It was one of those things that I thought, oh, well, it's only 20 minutes. I'll stick it on while I'm eating something. And then started to find myself actively in the evening going and to watch episodes of it rather than just sort of sticking it on in the background. So story definitely draws you in with that. I really, really enjoyed that. The other things I'm keeping up with, Rabbit Hole, still watching that, The Night Agent. Um, Both of those are really good, deep conspiracy things. Rabbit Hole has you guessing all the way through. They have really interesting twists and turns in that. Night Agent also has some very, very good, interesting, different twists and turns. And you sort of like, oh, well, it's that guy. Oh, no, that guy's not there anymore so it can't have been him that did it what about this guy oh no that got in a different direction so they've been really really great there's some wonderful conspiracy things around at the moment but night agent certainly i i would check out uh, rabbit holes three or four episodes in now that's the key for sutherland one that's on paramount plus night agents on netflix picard and mandalorian are, are going along episode of the mandalorian this week was just brilliant it seems very marmitey to some people to some people that really either loved it or really hated it 
ended up being a sort of detective story with Mando on a world mainly filled by droids as they sort of tried to to figure out why these droids were going wrong. But I really love that episode. It was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard and she did a wonderful job with it. So uh, I'm really enjoying that. And Picard has just continued to be great this season. Um, so I'm really interested to see where they end that as well. Lots of good stuff out there at the moment, definitely, for you to go and check out across various streaming services. <laughs> I'm definitely, Night Agent is on my list. I just, I wanted to get rid of like the bear and Mythic Quest and all that before I keep adding stuff on. So I think I'm going to watch the Night Agent. That's been recommended by quite a few people and appears yeah. as, I, as I log on at the moment. So it obviously picks up what I like watching and suggests I do. Yes. Uh, uh, and has been renewed for a second season as well. So, uh, oh, brilliant. Yeah. so certainly want to go and check out that on Netflix. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Next, we move on to some TV and film news. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. A couple of cancellations, but one big one this week. The Resident officially cancelled after six seasons by Fox. We kind of knew this was coming Mm. because we found out a few weeks ago that the sets were being sold off or the sets have been taken down and the props were being sold off. There was a prop sale for a, a, in quotes, major medical network drama and people went and looked at the props list and goes, hang on a minute, that's from the resident so uh it was kind of known that this was coming but yeah they've officially confirmed that it's not coming back up to six seasons it's purely a numbers game it's a show that was made by disney for fox under the sort of 20th century deal and the numbers have tanked for its sixth yeah. season uh, did you watch it dave i didn't know i know there was, was a lot of fans of it yeah i watched it and i lost it during the whole is it by sky is it by disney yes um, so i i missed when season five dropped so i eventually found it and i finished watching season five about three weeks ago i want to say yeah i've been doing two episodes a weekend sort of thing and they lost me a bit so they lost the major cast member emily van camp and that's a huge loss and i know matt shukri is the second lead but they did this weird time jump thing and mm. then when you got back into it they tried to manage the time jump but nothing really had changed with the characters right. and if you watched regular shows and you look at a time jump of three or four years between seasons loads will have changed and I didn't feel they managed it very well and I don't know if that was their last punt at making it work without Emily Van Camp Mm. and season six is lined up to watch now I'll watch it at some point because it kind of lost me but now you know it's ending I want to see it out to its end to see how they deal with but um yeah i feel it lost probably a lot of its loyal fans with the time jump yeah it sounds like they made some effort to round it off at the end of the sixth season i've say i haven't watched it but it sounds like they did try and sort of end it with some satisfaction i mean Mm. it sounds like they knew it was potentially coming so you know hopefully it ends okay but yeah matt zuckery by the way uh off to join american horror story season 12 so uh that's he's already got his next gig lined up which is nice so yeah Yes, he's off somewhere else. There is a show called Sex Life, which has been cancelled by Netflix after two seasons. I don't know whether you caught any of that show. No, I've been told lots of things about it, but no, I never actually watched it. So it's been cancelled. Apparently it was cancelled two days after the show's start, which is somebody called Sarah Shaki criticised the gimmicky second season. She actually said, I was struggling with the material. I mean, I'm never going to work for Netflix again after saying this, but I can't lie. It was definitely a challenge. Um, There were moments (laughs) that felt very gimmicky. 
Mickey. So, I mean, not the greatest idea to slag off your own show, but I, yeah, I mean, it sounds like the second season was not great. She didn't think it was great while they were filming it. And um, yeah, it won't be back. So there you go. That's gone. The third thing isn't necessarily a cancellation as such, although it probably is. Challenge Annika series, which had started and sort of went out to big fanfare on Channel 5. The numbers have been so bad, they've actually pulled it off air until May. So they're hoping to slot it back on again to run the, I think it was only four episodes anyway, but the the next two episodes are going to go out in May. Apparently the numbers have not been great. I rather suspect they're not going to do that again, which is a bit unfortunate. I quite enjoyed, you know, it was a nice bit of nostalgia, the first couple of episodes Mm. of that, but yeah. I saw Annika tweeting herself. I think she was tweeting to Dave, the cameraman, wasn't she? Like, our next challenge is to find a channel to show our final episode. (laughs) Quite harsh. You know, she'd obviously been given the the nod that it wasn't wasn't going well. And so, yeah, but I'm glad they finally got the episodes because obviously people have worked on those, regardless of how bad it is. You've got a lot of talent that's worked on those. So it's right that it does get the fair send off. Yeah, I'm glad that they are going to be airing those those next two episodes, but they're coming back in May, apparently. And as I say, it wasn't bad. I I actually rather enjoyed it. I mean, it is quite long. I think if there was anything that they could have done with it, because it's like an hour and a half, that show. And I think you could probably knock it down to like, you know, an hour, 45 minutes, because I, I think that's a bit off-putting. Having Yeah, it. people don't have the patience, do they? Yeah, I, I think the length of it is a bit off-putting. I think there is potential for a show in there. I just, I think the formatting's a bit off. On to the renewals, Big Door Prize, which we were talking about earlier, that has already been renewed for a second season by Apple. So yay, Apple. They announced Beyond Paradise is returning for a second season, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody because that's been a massive hit. I mean, it's a spin-off from Death in Paradise, so it was always going to be a big hit, but it has mm. been a huge hit for them. And uh, they've also got a Christmas special coming this year as well. They've announced for that. And Unforgotten has been renewed for a sixth Yay. season as well, so that will be back over on ITV. Some air date news as well. Muppets Mayhem, which is a sort of rockumentary series following the Mayhem band, which was the house band from the Muppet show, as they try to record their first album. That has been announced for the 10th of May. That's coming on to Disney+. Plus. I think that sounds fun. And I mean, I, I'm always of the opinion that life is always better when you have more Muppets in it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, yes, Muppet Mayhem. That is coming 10th of May. Man Manifest Season 4 Part 2. So these are the final episodes of Manifest. That is going out on the 2nd of June. That's the Friday on Netflix. Over on Paramount Plus, they've announced the second half of La Brea Season 2. That's coming on Thursday, the 27th of April. And that's all seven episodes dropping as a box set. So you'll be able to bin through that. A couple of little bits of other news as well. Industry, the uh, financial drama that's the BBC HBO co-production. They've announced Kit Harrington is joining the third season of that. He's playing a CEO and founder of Lumi, which is an exciting green tech company about to go public. So uh, Kit Harrington will be popping up there if you're a fan of his i watched i think the first episode of that and then never kind of went back to it <laughs> yeah i watched the first season and the second season is on my long list but it's a thinky one it's like oh you really yeah. have to be concentrating so i've not found time to put it back on and other things have just popped up but i really like the first season again it's quite dark makes you think it's quite harsh in terms of the coverage of the financial world in london so mm-hmm. i would recommend yes I, I it's one that i do want to go back and watch it's a 
bit like Succession. I started watching Succession and then never kind of got back to it. And it was great, but I don't know. It just got lost somewhere in amongst everything else. Those are two shows that I do want to go back and check out. And uh, the other bit of news was that um, Popmaster, the iconic Radio 2 quiz, although no longer Radio 2 because they got rid of Ken Bruce. Uh, Ken Bruce is bringing Popmaster to Morphor for a TV series, apparently. So if you're a fan of Popmaster, the Radio 2 music quiz, that is uh, going to be coming as a TV show onto Morphor, they've announced as well. So uh, that will be something to look out for in the near future. Moving on to the other big convention that happened this weekend, and he's actual fact we're recording this on Monday, so he's still going on right now. So there may be more news to come out of this. But Star Wars Celebration is currently going on in London right now. It's on its final day, but they did do a massive announcement on the Friday, which covered a bunch of the TV and film projects. Uh, The main thing being the fact that they are actually having spent a couple of years away from the movies. They are actually going back into the movie world a bit more. They've announced three new films. One of them is from James Mangold, who is the person behind Logan and Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. That's going to be set at the Dawn of the Jedi. So it goes like way, way back, even before the Old Republic stuff, which is where the beloved Knights of the Old Republic games were set. It's going to focus on the origins of the first Jedi Knights. So uh, I think that sounds quite interesting as a sort of, you know, it's an area that we've never actually covered before in anything, as far as I'm aware. There may be some novels or stuff that cover that area, but so very first Jedi Knights, I think that's kind of an interesting place to go into. They announced that Dave Filoni, who is the fountain of all Star Wars knowledge and the person behind the Star Wars animations, and he's heavily involved in the live action series with John Favreau as well. He is going to be helming a live action film, which is going to be focusing on the New Republic era. So that's going to take all the stories from things like Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Mandalorian, all the other things that are are around that era, and is going to sort of Avengers Endgame them into a big kind of movie, basically. That's the idea. And the third one that they've announced is Academy Award and Emmy winner director Charmaine Obaid Shinoy, who was behind Miss Marvel and Saving Face. She is going to be directing what I, I would refer to as a palate cleanser, I think, from The Rise of Skywalker, the J.J. Abrams movie. It's set 15 years after that film and sees Daisy Ridley return as Rey as she attempts to build a new Jedi Order. Those are the new three films. I know you're not a big Star Wars fan at all, but there's sort of some interesting directors certainly involved in that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan, but I've always been told by some of my close friends that if I was to ever want to start, my entry level might be Andor. Yes. um, Because that was recently a really good TV show. You know, I've been persuaded by The Last of Us very recently. Am I ready to go all out and try Star Wars (laughs) stuff again? I'm not sure, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Andor is a perfectly acceptable starting point, I think. And it is a very, very well put together TV series. You've then got Rogue One after that, because that was a predetermined two season series as well. The second season of that they announced is probably going to be landing around August 2024, but the first season is up. And uh, they also said that it will dovetail straight into Rogue One. Mm. So I think decent quality TV show that to, to get 
involved with. On the movie side of things, they confirmed that Taika Waititi's Star Wars project is still happening. So there's that movie coming as well. The Ryan Johnson trilogy, which has been sort of talked about on and off, uh, is not in active development at the moment. So there are those three new films and the Taika film that are knocking around. So they, they are all there. Kathleen Kennedy did say that the films are pretty far along in development as well. So although they're only just announcing them, they are quite well developed. She did add the caveat to that, saying that the Dave Filoni one is probably six or seven years out. So there is a lot more to build on the TV side because that is based on a bunch of different TV shows. So that gives them chance to build the TV shows a bit more before he gets to sort of, in quotes, end game the movie. Um, Um, which, I mean, those are a great set of interconnected TV series. And I I love Dave Filoni's stuff. I mean, Star Wars Rebels is brilliant, as is The Clone Wars, the animated things. So, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with that. Star Wars Ahsoka, they released a trailer for as well. Interestingly, on Saturday, they showed a slightly different trailer to the crowd actually at the Ahsoka panel because they announced this on Friday and released the trailer and then they showed a different trailer to the to the crowd that were actually there. And the main difference in that trailer was the one that we got. We got to see Ahsoka, which is Rosario Dawson, Natasha Lou Bordizzo as Sabine Wren, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera and it shows the back of Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn because Thrawn is a character that is is going to be showing up in that series but they were very cagey about sort of well is it or isn't it and you know but clearly it sort of was they they've then confirmed over the weekend that yes Lars is playing the live action version of Thrawn he voiced the character in the animation as well but he will be playing the live action version and then they gave the fans at the show another version of the trailer which you actually saw his face rather than just the back of his head as well so uh, that trailer was great though I mean there was a lot of fan service stuff in there there was um, Chopper the droid from Rebels was in there they showed a Lothcat Mon Mothwa was back in there uh, there was a direct nod to the Timothy Zan's Legends novels talked about Thrawn being heir to the Empire which is the name of that novel series Morgan Elspeth is back in there which we saw in season two she is she's sort of under the employ of Thrawn there is uh, Balen who is played by Ray Stevenson who is some sort of evil character whether he's a Sith or not we don't know but he is wielding a red lightsaber Avana Sakno as somebody who is looks to be a sort of apprentice character to Balin so yeah there's that as well there was a tiny little hollow of Ezra played by Eman Esfandi who didn't get any more than that little hollow but it was clearly Ezra in there so he's from the uh, animated series and uh, Hun Yang as well makes an appearance which is voiced by David Tennant who was another character from the Rebels animated series so for fans of Star Wars Rebels it was great because there was a whole load of live action stuff in there live action versions of things that we'd only seen in animation to that point so uh, that was a great trailer that they dropped for that 
They also talked a bit about Star Wars The Acolyte, which is coming in 2024, which is a new series created by Leslie Headland, who was one of the people behind Russian Doll. She co-created that series, which is, uh, I mean, that you saw that, didn't you? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, it's just an amazing show. The series The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side power in the final days of the High Republic. It's a former Padawan reunites with a Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces that they confront are more sinister than either of them ever anticipated. Hedlund said what she pitched to Kathleen Kennedy was frozen meats kill Bill and shockingly didn't get kicked out of the building. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a wonderful description of it. So I'm very intrigued by this. They had also announced some of the cast already for this, but they did announce that uh, Junas Suktamo, who was the actor that took over as a body double for Peter Mayhew for some of the um, Chewbacca stuff, and he's now playing Chewbacca full-time following Peter's passing. He is actually actually going to appear in this as another Wookiee character and this one's going to be a Jedi so I, I think that's kind of interesting they've uh, there's going to be lots of Jedi and and lots of Sith uh, I think around in this or, or sort of you know evil lightsaber people around so um, yeah I mean, it's got Carrie Ann Moss in there uh, Jung Ji who is a Jedi master in this and he's a martial arts person Charlie Barnett is in there as well Daphne Keen so yeah there's there's a really good bunch of people in that so i think that looks really interesting that's coming next year that's the acolyte the other one they talked about was star wars skeleton crew which we didn't really know a huge amount about this one other than it had jude law in it and it was a show with kids as the leads but it's not a kids show in the same vein of stranger things Mm. um they're talking about it being sort of invoking memories of those 80s amblin movies like goonies it's it's that sort of going for that vibe to it basically shown a trailer for this in the room but that trailer hasn't been released online so it shows this sort of forest world where there's uh, a bunch of kids who are played by a bunch of newcomers so there's no point in reading their names out kids spend their days sort of messing around on speeders going to school other sort of kid stuff or whilst longing for adventure it's sort of a, a snapshot of kind of suburbia really in star wars which is kind of interesting they head out into the woods and they come across this pirate group which is led by vane who is a character that we recently saw on the mandalorian getting into a scrap with mando and uh, grief Karga. the kids are captured and then are rescued by this mysterious hooded figure who appears to be a jedi and that's the character played by jude law one of the the key directors in this is John Watts, who is the guy that was behind Spider-Man Homecoming. They've also announced David Larry is in there. The Daniels from Everything Everywhere All at Once are directing some of this. Uh, Jake Schreier, who is directing Thunderbolts. Bryce Dallas Howard is back again. Isaac Lee Chung as well, who did some work on The Mandalorian. Really interesting set of directors. I quite like the idea of them going for this sort of Amblin 80s kind of vibe in a Star Wars universe. I think this could be kind of interesting. There's some interesting interesting shows in there i don't know whether there are any of those i know it's star wars but i don't know whether any yeah. of those are sort of piqued your interest but it's not denying that it's all talent and great and stuff like that but dave can you explain to me why it was announced now like i always thought star wars day was may the 4th and everything was always released then what was about all of this is it a key date that i'm not aware it, of no it's not because it's a key date it's because star wars celebration which is a big convention is on in london at the moment oh uh, i thought because they kept i kept seeing tweets about you know star wars day or star wars announcements yes. and I was like, surely that if you were clever in marketing 
marketing, you'd make it May the 4th and yeah, put well, all your announcements then. Yes, they do announce some stuff on May the 4th and, and some of the shows, because there's a couple of other bits and pieces, but some of that stuff will be coming out on May the 4th. Not the stuff we've just mentioned, but there is some mm. stuff coming out on May 4th. But yeah, it's because it's it's Star Wars Celebration, which is their yearly big convention, and it happens to be in London this year. So uh, they move it around. It's been like London, Berlin, I think, have done it, and they do it in Anaheim as well in America. So that's why we're getting a lot of Star Wars news at the moment. Okay. A couple of other little bits and pieces before we move on to something other than Star Wars. Andor Season 2, they reckon, coming around August 2024. So they're filming that at the moment. Mandalorian Season 3, which is currently airing on Disney+, Plus, there are some hints that Thrawn may pop up in that but we don't officially know. Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, which was Filoni's little sort of mini episode thing. There is um, that animated series has been officially renewed for a second season. So that is coming back. Also on the animation front, they've announced the Bad Batch that's returning for a third and final season in 2024. So that will be coming back. On some of the other shows and movies, Obi-Wan Season 2, not in active development, so we're not getting a second season of that anytime soon. Although Kathleen Kennedy did say, never say never, because there's always that possibility. Ewan McGregor will be quite up for doing it, apparently. There may be a second season of that, but it's certainly not something which is imminent. There is a Lando Calrissian season, which Kathleen Kennedy also said is definitely still happening, and um, he's very excited about it. The he she's referring to is Donald Glover. That will be Donald Glover coming back in the role, which is weird because they said one of the things she made a comment a while back about the fact that kind of saying that the casting was the thing that was wrong in Solo, where clearly that was the one thing that wasn't wrong in Solo. But Lando Calrissian series, that looks like it's actually going to happen. And on the subject of Rogue Squadron, which was the Patty Jenkins film, which she then left. They're saying that that could still happen in some form, but it may be a movie, it may be a TV series, definitely something that could happen, whether Patty Jenkins is involved or not, they don't know. But they're saying that as an idea of following sort of Rose Squadron, that is still a possible idea that could kick around as well. Star Wars Celebration still on today, so there is possibly more news going to drop out from that, but that is everything we have from Star Wars Celebration so far. So, uh, for Star Wars fan, there's a lot of good stuff in there, definitely. Sticking with Disney+, Plus, but uh, you know, moving in an entirely different direction, Shard Lake is another new thing that they announced, which is a Tudor murder mystery series from the writer behind The Last Kingdom, Stephen Butchard. It's another adaptation, because The uh, Last Kingdom is a novel adaptation based on the Saxon Chronicles or something, I think they're called. But this is based on a best-selling series of novels from a British author called C.J. Sanson. As I said, it, interestingly, Tudor murder mystery series, it's it's set up, stars Arthur Hughes, who was uh, in something called The Innocents, and he's been cast as Matthew Shardlake, a lawyer with an acute sense of justice and one of the few honest men in a world beset with scheming and plots. Shardlake works for Thomas Cromwell, who's played by Sean Bean, and he's the dangerous and all-powerful right-hand man to Henry VIII. Despite Shardlake's unwavering loyalty to Cromwell and the Crown, his position in society 
society is unfavorable due to his appearance as a person living with sclerosis. During the Tudor period, he suffers the indignity of being abused as a crookback wherever he turns. So Shardlake's sheltered life as a lawyer is turned upside down when Cromwell instructs him to investigate a murder of one of his commissioners at a monastery in the remote towns of Scarnsea. The commissioner was gathering evidence to close the monastery and it's now imperative for Cromwell's own political survival that Shardlake both solves the murder and closes the monastery. He leaves Shardlake in no doubt that failure is not an option. Cromwell insists that he's accompanied by a cocky, good-looking Jack Barrack, played by Anthony Boyle, who was in Tetris, the recent Apple film, and uh, Masters of Air. And uh, Shardlake is left unsure whether Barrack is an assistant or Cromwell's spy. At Scansley, the duo are met with hostility, suspicion, and paranoia by the monks who fear their future and seemingly stop at nothing to preserve their order. It's got some other good cast in there. Uh, Babu Cisse, who was in Into the Badlands and Wolf as an abbot. Uh, Paul Kay, who from um, Game of Thrones is in there as another abbot as well, a brother. Ruby Ashbourne Circus is in there. You've got Peter Firth from Spooks in there as well, playing Norfolk. David Pierce in there from Banshee's Irishira. Yeah, there's a bunch of good people, good names in there, I think, certainly. Any interest in that one, Ed? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I struggle with a lot of period stuff, but it's got, a, again, it's got Sean Bean in it. Um, uh, he might die in the first season. Place your bets. <laughs> <laughs> um, it could be interesting. I just, you know, I tried to watch the Tudors recently because obviously back in the day it was a lot written about it, but I really struggled. And I love history around Henry VIII's era and the six wives etc but I just really struggled to get into it because I think I, I lost half of my time on Wikipedia researching some of the, the famous names or like the legendary yeah. names in it I'm not sure I it, it would be a case of maybe I want to see the trailer I want to see a little bit of it before I would commit to something like this yeah I sort of know what you mean it's interesting because I posted this and there was a couple of comments underneath that for like somebody writing to somebody else going see I told you this would make a really good TV series so yeah apparently the novels are quite popular so um you know uh, and last kingdom was hugely popular for yeah. netflix and i think bbc originally and then netflix good writer behind it and uh, seemingly decent cast but it's called shard lake i don't know when that's landing but they're filming it i think at the moment so uh, that will be one to watch out for i think it's an interesting one for disney plus that over on Amazon, they have ordered a Cruel Intentions TV series, which, I mean, the idea of this has been kicking around pretty much since Cruel Intentions was a movie in the <laughs> 90s or whatever it was. So uh, new version in Cruel Intentions as a TV series, they have actually ordered it. Don't know whether it's going to go on Freebie or whether it'll go on Prime Video, but it's a reboot of the story, so not a continuation thing from the film. It's set in Washington, D.C., which I think the original was set in New York. York follows two ruthless step siblings who will do anything to stay on top of the Greek life hierarchy at their elite college. When a brutal hazing incident threatens the entire system, they'll do whatever is necessary to preserve their power and reputation, including seducing the daughter of a US vice president. So uh, that sort of seems to be why they've moved it to DC. They can then include some sort of presidential stuff in there. But uh, Phoebe Fisher, who is one of the people behind Euphoria, and Sarah Goodman, who was behind the original gossip girl series are the people behind it they also worked on the amazon series i know what you did last summer which i think got canned after one season neil h moretz who worked on the original film is a long to exact produce he's gone on and done things like the boys for amazon and fast and furious i mean i remember the original
original movie. It is something of a cult classic at this point, but uh, any interest in this? I'm not sure. I wasn't a huge fan of the film, to be honest. It's not something that I would uh, straight away run to, and I'm not sure if it's going to be, yeah, my cup of tea. Yeah, I mean, it has been kicking around. They've tried various versions of this. In fact, I think one of the versions they tried of it got turned into Cruel Intentions 2 because it was, I think, Fox that tried to make a sort of prequel series and they shot four episodes of it, decided it didn't work and then edited it together to make Crawling Judges 2, I seem to remember. So there's been a few versions of this kicking around. This one is coming to Amazon and uh, we'll see whether it fares better than I know what you did last summer because, as I say, I think they can that after one season. So we'll see. Speaking of remakes coming to TV, oh. HBO Max are apparently remaking or looking to remake. It's in development. They haven't ordered it yet. Harry Potter. It's slightly eyebrow raising because the fact that there is a Harry Potter TV series in the works shouldn't be overly surprising or something set in the wizarding world. But what they're looking to do is remake the books as a TV series. Now, as fans of the books will probably tell you at length, that there is a lot missing from the movies that, mm. that is in the books and that they missed a lot out for the films. So making a TV series out of it does sort of make some sense. But if you are going to go into the Wizarding World, there are lots of other areas I think you could investigate without treading back over the books again. It just seems like an odd decision. I mean, I'm sure it'll be hugely popular, but I don't know. Plus, there's the whole JK Rowling thing. And yeah, so apparently it is in the works at the moment. So thoughts? <laughs> no, I just don't think they should be. I, I then read something that maybe they were going to try and explore the stage play and the additional yeah, see, content. That would, yeah, that would make more sense. Um, I just think this is about beating the material, the IP as much as they can mm -hmm. to get out of it when there's too many shows that aren't making it past the first season, which has got good IP or good foundations behind it. And yet they're throwing money into something that had its day. Give it 20 years is what I'm saying. Yes. Give it another 20 years, you know, and then it'll be a rich 40, 30, 40 year old film franchise that will be ready for the uplift. I just think it's too soon at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. I felt a little bit like that when they started doing Lord of the Rings, but with Lord of the Rings, they went in a different direction they weren't remaking exactly, exactly. but if they're saying they're going to remake the film into tv series there's going to people are still young enough and relevant enough to make those comparisons now mm -hmm. whereas look at what they did with hawaii 50 good 30 years later they remade that series so enough people have let it pass and you've got a whole new audience picking series like that up and i think you could stretch things out and have it a bit longer and then you're going to engage in it a little bit better but it's a no from me absolutely not. <laughs> yeah i i'm sort of of the same opinion i mean yes i do get that there is more material in the books that you could work with and because the idea would be that you make one series per book but it feels a little bit soon they're beloved those movies and i i think there are far more interesting things you could do with that ip than just remake the books again. Mm. I mean, look what they've done with things like Fantastic Beats, even the video game, which goes in an entirely different direction and is set sort of, you know, hundreds of years before Harry Potter even ended up at Hogwarts. There is so much that you could play with in that world. Why do this? Seems yeah. like an odd choice and a, just a blatant cash grab. So they're, they're looking at it at the moment. Don't know whether it will get picked up to series or not. We'll see. 
moving back over onto British TV, Doctor Who had a casting announcement, which I thought was really interesting and very Russell T. Davis. They announced that actress and RuPaul's Drag Race winner Jinx Monsoon is joining Doctor Who in a major role, in quotes. We don't know what that role is, but uh, yes. Joins Doctor Who after completing a seller run on Broadway, where she made her highly anticipated debut as uh, Mama Morton in Chicago. Because a lot of people going, oh, you know, PC stuff, it's Russell T. Davis <laughs> throwing drag queens into somewhere they shouldn't be yeah, and all that sort of She is an incredibly talented, award-winning actress. So yeah, she's incredible. She's so funny. I had a friend who I saw last weekend who went to see it on Broadway, and they said when she came out, she got a standing ovation. Like, <laughs> not at the end of the show or the end of her song or the end of her act. There was a standing ovation when she arrives onto the stage. She is she is that well appreciated in on Broadway and she was a, amazing apparently yeah Russell does not put people in that can't do the job you know exactly he's not stupid I think this is great and yes she won Drag Race twice so what I mean look at the rest of her work she is an award winning actress there is no reason why she shouldn't be a Doctor Who so mm. uh, yeah I mean I absolutely think this is an interesting addition I, as to who exactly she's playing I mean I said a major role whether that means it's a major plot point for the arc of uh, Shooty Gatwood's run because it is Shooty's run that she will be part of but we'll have to wait and see exactly that is a new addition coming to Doctor Who for Shooty's season in 2024 that's all the news we've got for this week just some time for some highlights for next week on TV So highlights for next week. We have a TV show called Colin from Accounts starting, which I think originally they said was starting last week, but I think it's now this week. That is coming on the 11th of April. That is a critically acclaimed Australian romantic comedy. They've been pushing this quite a lot, actually. I've had for it on the radio and everything. So uh, BBC Two at 10pm. That lands and it will be on iPlayer as well. So you can go check that out. Miss Scarlet and the Duke returns for its third season. That's on Alibi. That's on 11th (laughs) of April at 9pm. The Marvel Mrs. Maisel returns for its fifth and final season. That's on Prime Video. That's going out on the 14th of April. I'm so looking forward to that. I I love that show. I will be very sad to see it go, but uh, that's brilliant. Last Kingdom, the Seven Kings Must Die movie that dropped on the 14th of April as well. That'll be over on Netflix. So that is sort of the film that rounds things off, I think. Have I Got News For You returns for its 65th season. That's uh, 14th of April, BBC One at 9.30. That will be back. Britain's Got Talent also returns. That's for its 15th season on ITV. That's on the 15th of April at 8pm. And Barry returns for its fourth and final season. That's on Sky Comedy. That's on the 17th of April at 10.45. Five, that lands so uh, that's everything on TV next week all the new shows uh, some interesting stuff in there I think yes definitely I'm waiting for Barry I'm really excited about Barry coming back and uh, I think have I got news for you I've got Charlie Brooker as their first guest host so yes which I will, will be wonderful tune in. yeah it'll yes. be a wonderful one so definitely if people want to engage with you where can they find you they can find me over on Twitter at Grey the Geek that's Grey with an A and they can just see me enjoying my holiday 
holidays for the next few days and then going into the wild world of teaching in the summer term so. <laughs> excellent <laughs> if you want to find other people involved in the show you can of course go and find Bex over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites that's B-Y-T-E-S she is streaming every week you can she's also out doing festivals as I mentioned she was Insomnia this weekend O-L-L I think she's doing a bunch of panels for her as well so you can go find her at that festival so lots of stuff for, for Bex over there uh, but yeah go and check out her streams twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites Matt you can find over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts uh, Man United and gaming talk and all that sort of stuff and various TV bits and pieces so uh, go and check Matt out over on entertainmenttalk.org and Daryl you can find at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the series that you love which are shot in Canada for us you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 bye